Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. There was a real cool book that came into my life in the mid, uh, mid-90s. Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. And I remember sitting down and reading it. And uh, it was very emotional experience for me because it kind of brought uh, an order to my mind as far as the way that I had been thinking that the universe worked. And I read it on a Saturday afternoon. I still remember the room that I was sitting in, the couch that I was sitting on. I was home alone that day. And um, I knew that I knew that I had had a breakthrough, that I had a real clarity breakthrough when I picked up that book. Uh, I went on to teach it in seminar format for a good seven years. Probably taught it a few hundred times. Um, it's just a phenomenal piece of work. And I think that the way that he starts the, the book off is fascinating. Uh, so I'm going to take you through a little bit of this. If you have the science of getting rich, great. If you don't have it, you should get it. There's a, once you've studied the entire book, I mean, really got in there and studied it. Uh, there is a, there's a, a, a consistent study that you can do with it on the fly. And that is by studying chapters 4, 14, and 7. Chapters 4, 14, and 7. But right now, I'm going to go to chapter one, and he starts off and he says, whatever may be said in praise of poverty, the fact remains that it is not possible to live a really complete or successful life unless one is rich. And when I would do this in a live seminar, I would read that first paragraph and uh, the science of getting rich, that's the name of the book. Um, And I would ask the audience, who has a problem with that? Like, what does, it, what does it stir emotionally for you when you hear that? Because we hear information that is so contradicting to that idea. And he lays out a great argument here. Um, it, was also, it was also the argument that had been going on in my head for a long, long time. That, you know, the essentials of life that keep life moving forward have to be bountiful. And it has to be something that not only human beings, but all life develops as some sort of a skill set to keep it moving forward. Forget the idea of money for a moment. Just think of resources. The great idea around money is it allows us to leverage resources. That's what it does. Money is really just an idea. That's all that it is. And it has no value other than the value that we give to it. So the more that we begin to understand around the idea of around money and around what money is, the more we break down the suspicion around it, the the superstition around it, the right and wrong around it, the bad connotations around it. It's a really great thing. It's a really, really great tool that uh, can make anybody's life so much better. 
He says, no person can rise to his greatest possible height in talent or soul development unless he has plenty of money, period. Now, he's really, he's really getting into some deep waters here when he starts talking about soul development, right? And if you think that this was written in, I think it was written in 1903, that, you know, I'm sure the church wouldn't be happy about that idea. But he's not talking about money in and of itself. He's talking about the person that you need to become to allow money to flow into your life. We talked about being a triune being. We're a spiritual being. We live on three planes of understanding simultaneously. We're a spiritual being. We live in a physical body, and we have an intellect. And the way that we choose to use our intellect dictates the emotional state that we're in. The emotional state that we're in at any given time is really the energy. It is the engine behind our thoughts. Thoughts are pretty benign in and of themselves. I mean, we have millions, billions of thoughts on a regular basis. Just images that flash across our mind. We don't manifest those things. I mean, if we did, it would be a horrific, freaking nightmare of a show in our life. But when we get emotionally involved in those thoughts, we're putting tremendous power behind an idea. And that's, what, that's where the manifestation becomes, comes in. And the religious side of it, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. Three planes of understanding simultaneously, the spiritual, the physical, and the intellectual. All three of those working in harmony, in harmony allows us to be a very powerful manifester. Very powerful manifester. Everybody's a very powerful manifester. But you manifest what you're in harmony with now. If you want to manifest something different, you have to change what you're in harmony with. You have to get everything lined up inside of yourself where it's in integrity with itself, and then it just comes right into your life. There's nothing diff difficult about it at all. The problem that we have with money is that we have so many conflicting ideas around it. And then there's this, you know, not only are there conflicting ideas around it, but we also have a need for it. You know, most of us in the educated world live in a society where you're in deep trouble if you don't have a substantial amount of money to fulfill the needs that you, that you have in your life. And all you have to do is go to a third world country uh, and see what that looks like. I've been to a number of them, and it's not it's not pretty. I mean, there, there's there's uh, it's very very difficult when you're living on that edge of survival. That's why we talked about the the seven levels of awareness. Very difficult. But if we're gonna if we're gonna change our levels of awareness, we have to change our levels of understanding. That just seems to make sense, yeah. So we have to change the way that we think about money so that we can manifest it easily and effortlessly. And I also want to throw in to that idea that when I say manifest, I'm also, I'm also incorporating the idea of cause and effect. Money manifests like anything else based on cause and effect. It's not just a vibrational state of being. It's a vibrational state of being while you're doing the cause and effect of what brings money into your life. I hope everybody really understands that. Because if, if the 
the thing that I want to drive home there is you have to be doing the thing on a regular basis that brings money into your life or your business. If you're not doing the specific thing that brings it in, you may be doing something that's worthwhile or needs to be done, but you'll wonder why you're struggling with money. And it just happens to be one of the places in business where you see people procrastinate the most or get distracted the most. It's like, why? You're, you're in business to make money. We know that. Why are you getting so distracted about doing the things that actually bring the money into the business? Well, because we have so many conflicting ideas around it. It requires us to do things that make us feel vulnerable, that, that our subconscious mind doesn't know if we're doing something right or wrong. It all depends on what your belief system is and what your exposure around the idea of money was as a child. So it, 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 it's very, very important that you put a considerable amount of time into changing that and getting all of your conflicting ideas around it out of your subconscious mind. You don't even want a thread hanging around in there. I mean, you've got your whole life to live in front of you. If you get all of that crap out around money, the number one resource that you need to move your life and business forward will then become easy and without doubt, fear, and worry, which means you can move on to a whole different level of expression. In order to unfold the soul and to develop talent, he must have many things to use, and he cannot have these things unless he has money to buy them with. It's important for you to remember that spirit awaits direction from the soul. Ask and it shall be given was excellent advice. Now, this is something that, that also is very confusing for a lot of individuals. You don't have a soul, you are a soul. Big difference. Big, big difference. You don't have a soul, you are a soul. If you, if you think of yourself as a triune being, as one entity, it is the soul. Your soul is in a physical body. You're not a body. You have a body. Spirit awaits direction from the soul. Spirit is something that's flowing to and through you. <clears throat> it is without form. And it will manifest whatever the vessel that it flows through dictates that it manifests. What is, how does the soul give it direction? Desire. Desire is the, is the first energetic wave of consciousness that comes into the intellect. We feel the desire. We bring it up into the intellect. We then form the image of that desire. The desire is very energetic based. It really doesn't have an image. You form an image by the use of your intellect. Because one of the faculties of the intellect is the imagination. That's the creative faculty within our intellect. We give it direction by the proper use of our will. Our will is our ability to focus that image in one specific direction. It's, a bit, it's the ability to focus our energy. It's the ability to focus our work in one specific direction. To maintain the consistent outcome of that which we, we desire. So spirit is waiting for you to turn over the proper image based on the direction from the soul. <clears throat> People develop 
in mind, soul, and body by making use of things. And society is so organized that people must have money in order to become the possessor of things. Therefore, the basis of all human advancement must be the science of getting rich. The basis of all human advancement must be the science of getting rich. If you take that sentence and you just think about that for like six months, it'll change everything. When you, when you, when you take a, when you're going to study something like this, you take a sentence like that and you think about where is this not true? Where is it not true? And you start looking, look at different things in society. You won't find a place that it's not true. Even if you have charity, behind all charity has to be a significant resource in order for that charity to work or it breaks down. Charity is a great thing in certain cases, but it takes resource to be able to do it. Not only does it take resource, it takes somebody who has developed their mind to the place where they have abundant resource, they can manifest abundant resource, so they can direct it to the proper charity. But it then breaks down if that charity does not turn into growth for whoever it's going to. If it just stays charity, something different breeds, and we call that entitlement. Without this development, there's a significant breakdown in whatever community does not get the development. Extremely important. The object of all life is development. Next sentence. The object of all life is development. Now, he says all life. I remember when I when I first started reading this, I was really I was kind of giddy about the idea that he references several times all life. Because if you look, it can get confusing sometimes when we're looking just at human beings and the and the nature of human beings and the different situations that we've created for ourselves globally. But if we look at something that's uninterrupted by humans, that is in the state of its original intention of creation. Where do we look? We look at nature. And we ask ourselves, well, what is the truth that's going on in nature? It's a constant development. It's a constant move forward. The higher intelligence is operating exactly the same there as it is with us. The only difference is nature doesn't have an intellect. It's not aware of itself. It's aware, but it's not aware of itself. It knows it's there, but it doesn't know that it knows it's there. You know you're here, and you know that you know that you're here. It's a big difference. It's consciousness. It's what separates us. But it's also our heaven and our hell. Everything that lives has an inalienable right to all of the development that it's capable of attaining. Like, this is just like one gem after another. Now, why is that? 
Well, if you think about it from the perspective of if it didn't have that right, there would be another operating mechanism at work, meaning that it would be destructive. There would be something destructive in nature. So he's talking about growth. He's talking about advancement. He's talking about the right to be rich and why being rich is important. But we have to be rich in our intellect. We have to be rich in our heart. We have to be rich in how we process the way that we think. But if that breaks down, society breaks down because it goes back to survival. But if you look at nature, nature's always moving forward, always moving forward. It doesn't have the option not to because it doesn't have the ability to consciously choose. A person's right to life means his, his right to have a free and unrestricted use of all things, which may be necessary to his fullest mental, spiritual, and physical unfolding. In other words, his right to be rich. You have, we live in a time in history where we have the ability to tap into all the information that there is. Whether you're looking on the internet or we, like we consciously know now, how do we pull information out of the universe? We focus on a question. We focus on an ideal. As you raise your level of awareness, you raise the vibrational frequency in which you're thinking on, and you harmonize with all of the information that you need at a higher level, and then it's downloaded into your consciousness. There's nothing difficult about it. It does take some discipline to do it. It does take some understanding and acceptance to do it. And understand this, most people don't do it. They don't even think about where their thoughts come from. They don't think about where knowledge comes from. Where was the knowledge before it entered into human consciousness and we were to put it in the written form? Where did it come from? It was always here. It's 100% present in all places at the same time. And you have, the, you have an amazing mind that has the ability to tap into it at will, at your will. Nobody can keep you from tapping into it unless you surrender to somebody else's will. He says, in this book, I shall not speak of riches in a figurative way. To be really rich does not mean to be satisfied or content with a little. Think. To be really rich does not mean to be satisfied or contented with a little. How many of you were raised with just enough? You, you hear, you don't need that. You don't need any more. Only take what you need. Only use what you need. Only get what you need. Don't be selfish. Don't be greedy. Now, more just for the sake of more, that doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for more just for the sake of more. More for the sake of what am I going to use it for when you have a purpose for it makes all the sense in the world. The more I have, the more I can do good with. But a bad person thinks the more they have, the more they could do good with or bad with, like whatever it is their thought process is. And you know what? They're right. They're right. 
Because whatever I set my intention on, I'll create. That's how the universe produces a Hitler, a Stalin, a Pol Pot. Because the universe does not say, no, this can't happen. Everything happens by cause and effect. Now, if you go down, if you go down the lineage of that, it will always eradicate itself because it's not adding to life, it's taking away from life. So eventually it takes away from its own life. The purpose of nature, beauty, and richness of life. So let me go through, read that one more time. No person ought to be satisfied with a little if he's capable of using and enjoying more. The purpose of nature is beauty and richness of life. The person who owns all he wants for the living of the life that he is capable of living is rich. Nobody can have all of he wants without plenty of money. Life has advanced so far and become so complex that even the most ordinary man or woman requires a great amount of wealth in order to live in a manner that even approaches completeness. And you're asking here, can I give you ways to do that, ways of working on clearing all the money blocks? You don't clear them, you replace them. You replace them by studying the truth, by holding the truth in your mind. Because all you're doing here is you're rewiring your brain. Cause and effect. You're rewiring your brain. That's it. So you think a new thought, and then you, you, you uh, coordinate that thought with a new action. And you do it over and over and over again. And you ignore the old thought. You ignore it. You don't have to do anything with it. Just ignore it. And the new pattern of thinking will become strong. Now, what's really great, this is where something really cool happens. You, you hit the point of awareness. Awareness is when you get it so much, when you're so aware that the other way that you were thinking is false, it just drops away because it no longer has any power over you. See, the lies that we have in our life, they have power. Because we believe in the lie, we believe in the consequence of the lie. But we believe in the consequence of the lie because we're steeped in ignorance. Think. If you're constantly worried about where's the money going to come from? How am I going to pay the bills? Where are the clients going to come from? Think about the lie that you're believing in in order for you to be in worry. You're really communicating that you don't have the power to manifest that in your life at will. That's what you're communicating. So you're also communicating that everything else has a power over you. But when you do this, when you repetitively do this in your life, where you hold the desire, you hold the image, you take the action, you get the result. You hold the desire, you hold the image, you take the reaction, you get the result. You rewire yourself and you realize, oh, I, act I actually have the power. You become aware of that. And when you become aware of that, the fear of the lie drops off. It just drops off, drops away. It no longer has any power. Because you became aware of the power that you have 
to manifest in your life. You've literally linked it up in your mind. Every person naturally wants to become all that he's capable of becoming. This desire to realize innate possibilities is inherent in human nature. Success in life is becoming what you want to be. You can become what you want to be only by making use of things. And you can have the free and use of things only as you become rich enough to buy them. See, so he has an orderly sequence of how this has to happen. You can't advance without getting the things that you need to advance. But it starts with the consciousness that you have a right to to begin with. For most of you, if you dig deep enough, you'll find that there's a core belief that you don't deserve it. Money, success, great life, great partner. Like There is a core belief that we don't deserve it. So many people that I work through, when I take people, people through the Date With Your Dark Side program, there'll be two main core wounds that show up all the time, unworthy and unlovable. Unworthy and unlovable, because the world is constantly telling us that. So we have to change that. You can become what you want only by making use of things, and you can have the free use of things only as you become rich enough to buy them. Therefore, an understanding of the science of getting rich is the most essential of all knowledge. Because it teaches you how to get what you need. It teaches you how to get what you want so that you can live beyond survival. See, it, it moves you up that mastery ladder. Remember we said there was animal, and then there's mass consciousness, and then there's aspiration, and then there's individuality, right? It moves you up that ladder of awareness. There's nothing wrong with wanting to get rich. The desire for riches is really the desire for a richer, fuller, and more abundant life. And the desire is praiseworthy. And here's another, there's another point about this that's really important. If you, if you get rich by following the laws of the universe, everybody that is involved in what you do benefits from that. You're not taking anything away. You're adding to the life of the all. He talks about the more life idea in this book. The only time, the only time that's not true is if I if I if I violate the laws. If I try to take something from you, if I try to steal it from you, if I try to sneak something or rob you from something, but if I'm operating by law, whatever I give enriches your life, whatever you give me back enriches my life, and then I have more to enrich life with, and you have more to enrich life with. So we benefit the whole. One of the things that you hear, especially like uh, right now, there's a lot of people out of work, the economy's, you know, having a hard time, and then you'll see somebody go out and buy something, right? They may say it costs a lot of money, and, and they'll get criticized for doing that. It's like, wait a minute. They just added to the economy. They benefited the lives of whoever had to build or bring that thing in or whatever it might be. 
when I hold back because there's a suggestion externally that there's not enough, I stop contributing. And then once it becomes a mass consciousness thing, we all start stop contributing, and then we have what's called as a recession. And, and, then, and we're so gullible, like, oh, did you see on the news there's a recession? There's a recession coming. We better not spend any more money. We better be really careful. And then when do we start spending money again? Oh, did you hear on the news? They said the recession's over. We can start spending money again. Like, WTF, like, what the hell? It's just a con game. We're, they were so manipulated and we believe it. Like we just believe it because we're trained to, to follow authority, but we don't even realize we're following blind authority. You can create your own economy. I remember the first time I heard that. It was like 1996. I was like, yeah. Yeah, like I don't have to be subject to what everybody else says the economy's doing. And once I realized that, that was another level of awareness and I never have. We, I don't pay any attention to what the world says is going on as far as lack goes or abundance or this problem or that problem. I just go do my thing. My income doesn't go down, it continues to go up. It's also historical, folks. Like, go back and study history. This, I'm not making this up. Look at the Great Depression. There were plenty of people who became millionaires. Why? Because they decided they were not going to participate in the idea of lack. All of the crushing problems where you see the old footage of the soup lines and all this stuff, it's because people believed in what was happening. So instead of, instead of coming up with a way to add value and not participate in it, they were like, this is what's going on. I got to go down to the soup line and get my and get my bread and my soup for my 15 children. You know? But the people that didn't believe in it didn't have that experience. It's awareness. Now, there are three motives for which we live. We live for the body, the mind, and the soul. No one of these is better or holier than the other. Each is desirable, and neither body, mind, nor soul can live fully if one of the others is cut short of full life and expression. Now think. None of them can be full if we cut one short. Body, mind, soul. Triune. Spirit, intellect, body. The Father, the Son, the Spirit. Each one needs what it needs. Each one gives what it gives. It is not right or noble to live only for the soul and deny the mind or the body. It is wrong to live for the intellect and to deny the body and the soul. We're all equated with the loathsome consequence of living for the body and denying both mind and soul. We see that real life means the complete expression of all that a person can give forth through body, mind, and soul. And no person can be really happy or satisfied unless his body is living uh, fully in every function and unless the same is true for his mind and his soul. This is the last piece I'm going to leave you with. This is really powerful. Wherever there is an unexpressed possibility or an unperformed function, there is an unsatisfied desire. 
Desire is the possibility seeking expression or function seeking performance. When you get that, you'll never again not honor the desire of your heart. It is all of life. It is the Father, the Son, it's the Spirit. Read it one more time. Wherever there is an unexpressed possibility or an or an unperformed function, there is an unsatisfied desire. Desire is the possibility seeking expression or the function seeking performance. Wherever there's an unexpressed possibility or an unperformed function, there is an unsatisfied desire. So wherever you stop yourself, you're not satisfying that desire. Wherever you're in need or lack in your life, you're not satisfying your desire. You're not following it. You're not following it. Your desire will bring to you every single thing that you want, but you have to follow it. And he uses the word uh, unexpressed and seeking expression. So these are big things because this is really huge for most people. We're not, we're, we're not taught to express who we are authentically. We're taught to express ourselves based on what made our parents comfortable or uncomfortable. So we never got a full glimpse into who we really are. And the idea is that we start to really understand who the hell we are and express ourselves as we see fit. Forget what anybody else thinks. You're a unique expression of your individual soul and the desire which seeks expression with and through the physical body that your soul manifested in. Be yourself. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Accept yourself. Express yourself the way that you see fit because that will bring a higher level of consciousness and awareness into your life, and it'll happen really quick. Also, what it'll do is it will challenge you to overcome the judgment of others so that you no longer seek and need love, uh, appreciation, validation from other individuals. Those are killers. When we need that from somebody else, we alter who we are in order to get it from another person. The idea is that we maintain who we are and then we gravitate and vibrationally match the people that we're supposed to be with in our life so that we can all move forward. The people will accept you for who you are. They may challenge you to be better, but they're not going to make you wrong for the person that you are in your truth. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.